0: I am going to get going. If one of y'all, if someone could close the door, sometimes people just get get rowdy out there. Um, Good morning. This is the class on evangelism. If that's not your class that you're looking for, the other one is downstairs. Um, My name is Hank. I am an intern here, me and my wife, Emma, and our 10-month-old John Henry. Uh, We moved up here in August so we've only been here a couple months my wife had never seen snow in her life ever she's like born and raised same house in Tampa Um, no she we we had we'd seen snow once but never like lived in it or really seen it fall so she's been loving this and then also realizing like you have to scrape your car and the roads are a little more dangerous and all that sort of stuff so we've been loving it very thankful to be here with you all and thankful to teach I'm going to be teaching on the sin of not evangelizing this morning. So, a little bit of a, of a heavy uh, topic, and i uh, love to, to dive into this with you all. I'm going to pray, and, and then we'll begin. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would be with us this morning. We thank you for Sunday. We thank you for giving us uh, another day to gather together to hear your word taught and preached and sung and read and prayed and we're thankful that you've saved us from our sin and so we come here this morning to celebrate you to learn more about you god would you teach us would you open our hearts to your word um, please don't make us hard-hearted to it please help us to accept what you've said with joy and love. And Lord, this morning as I teach on a more difficult topic and one that could come down with a lot of guilt or burden, Lord, I pray that we would see Christ our Savior who has forgiven us of all sin and who, by his love, he He wants us and would take delight in us sharing of his good news. So I pray that you would help me this morning um, and help us to receive your word. Amen. So, before I really begin, I do want to say that even as I was going through this outline, this is Garrett's outline that I've kind of adapted for my own use. I mean, this it, it might land hard on you. I mean, the sin of not evangelizing is a more difficult thing to to think about and to talk about. But I don't want it to be like an unbearable burden where you walk out of here and you're like, oh, I, like, I'm crushed. I... I I don't know if I'll ever even share the gospel again. Who you know I've missed so many opportunities. I don't want it to land on you that way. I just want us to be able to think together about opportunities that we've missed in the past, our responsibility as Christians with the good news we've been saved by and given. Um, and the decision we, we need to make and should make to speak about Jesus in our daily lives and with the people around us. So as we go through this course, please don't be ashamed to talk about your failures or things you're struggling with. And questions that I ask, um, we're, we're all in this race together. And so let's, let's be honest together um, and pray that Jesus would stir our affections to, to talk to more people about the gospel. So I'm going to lead in that. I'm going to start with one of my failings. Uh, my freshman year, at Florida State University, I there in 2016, I had a roommate, his name was AJ. Um, he was terrible. I didn't like him at all. Um, he was just not a great roommate, not a great dude. Um, and because of that, I just kind of sat back and didn't want to get involved in his life at all. So I spent nine months, I lived nine months in the same room with this guy, and I never clearly shared the gospel with him once. He saw me reading my Bible, he saw me praying, and I never spoke to him. Um, I carry a lot of guilt about that. Um, I do. I pray for him all the time. Um, and so the question remained, and as I was thinking through this, Garrett had his, his own illustration here, and it, just, it makes you sit and think, am I in sin? Is his guilt, is his sin now on my hands because I didn't say anything? Those are the kind of questions we're going to look at this morning. Um, And one thing I want us to just keep to keep on our mind throughout this teaching is that we not over embellish our role or underemphasize our responsibility. So we we don't want to over embellish our role, right? God saves. God is the true evangelist. But we don't want to underemphasize our responsibility and just not share the gospel whatsoever so going to this point one uh, there are some blanks on the outline those are completely random just to keep you interested so if you want to guess and try and fill those out that's that's cool um, you can you're more than welcome to do that first point can I have uh, two people read some scripture here Matthew 28 18 through 20 and then Acts uh, 1 verse 8 acts. acts Matthew awesome Um, So first point, evangelism is commanded. We'll start with Matthew, and then if you could read Acts. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Awesome. So, in this text, we see Jesus. He's risen from the grave, given all authority on heaven and on earth. He's victorious and reigning, and he commands his apostles and his followers to teach, to share the good news of the gospel, to reach people and make disciples of all nations and baptize them into his name um, and teach them how to follow him. So, we see that Jesus commanded evangelism, and then Acts 1 8.
1: But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end
0: of the earth. Awesome. So it's Jesus again in Acts at the beginning of Acts, promising the coming of the Holy Spirit, who would give us power, knowledge to understand his word, a word in which we were once blind to, to then go forth and share, and he's commanding us, share, teach of The good news of Jesus Christ. So, evangelism, point one, it is commanded of us. Second point, evangelism is assumed. Evangelism is assumed all throughout the New Testament. Could someone read for me Acts 8, verse 4? Whenever you're ready. Those who
1: have been scattered
0: preached the word wherever they went. Right. Can anyone... Why why are they scattered? Does anyone know in Acts 8 why they're scattered? Persecution, Persecution, specifically from, I mean, a lot of people, but one person in general. From Saul, known as Paul, and other parts of the scripture. So before Paul comes to know the Lord, um, he persecuted the church. Um, He thought that they were heretics and blaspheming God. Um, Jesus made that clear to him that he was wrong. Um, but before that, a, a great persecution came on the church and so they're, they're scattered and they just kind of understand, oh, as we go, I, I, I guess we'll continue to share the good news. And even in that, even in that verse, I want to give us a, a reminder that God in his, his sovereignty, he uses suffering, persecution to scatter the church and have us be his witnesses. So even in the trials you're going through right now, turmoil in your life, difficult situations, God intends to use that situation both for your good, we see that in Romans, but also for his glory. In this situation, I mean, that's a very tough situation. James writes to them later. I mean, these people lose jobs, homes, livelihoods, and they're persecuted out of the place that they likely only ever knew. And they see it as God's divine opportunity for them to share the gospel. So they assume, okay, I mean, God's got us leaving here. Jesus is still risen. I'm still going to teach his word. So just a reminder this morning that whatever you're facing in any circumstance, whether, I mean, you're just like as joyful as you can be in Christ, or you're at the lowest point in your life, he doesn't tend to use that for you to share of his glory um, in both the good and the bad times. But the point remains, even in persecution, we're assuming we're going forth and evangelizing believers. Third point, evangelism ought to be impulsive for believers. It ought to be our heart's impulse, our mind's impulse when we're around uh, non-believers, family members, things like that. Um, my wife always messes with me because she says that there are things that I just have to say. There are things that I impulsively have to say. For example, one of them, anytime I drive past the Pentagon, I didn't even realize I did this until she pointed out the other day when we went to the airport, I am always like, babe, did you know that there are 17.5 miles of hallways and corridors in the Pentagon? She's like, yeah, you tell me every time. And I'm like... I do, don't I? And I'm probably going to tell her the next time we go past it because I, I think it's a cool fact. There are some things like that that I just always, I always tell her. And she's like, yes, Hank, I know. You told me last time we saw that or did that or whatever thing it could be. Often some sort of historical fact that goes on. So she's always poking fun at me about that. But that should kind of be us about the gospel. It should kind of be us about the hope we have in Christ. It ought to be an impulse for us to share with people the love of Jesus. We've been transformed by him. We're continuing to be transformed by him um, in every situation in life. And so we should kind of impulsively be inviting others to join into that. Come with me. Come see Christ. Come with me. The woman at the well, John four twenty nine. After their whole interaction, she goes into town and she says, Come, see a man who told me all that I ever did. Can this be the Christ? He, he knew everything about me. I, I, I believe him to be the Messiah. You, like let's, let's, come, let's talk to him. Let's see together. I think that, that that should be an impulse for us as believers. Fourth point, never evangelizing is a sin of omission. Never evangelizing is a sin of omission. Could somebody uh, turn to James 4, verse 17 and read that for us? Um, You got it. Okay, Uh, so whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him it is sin. Right, so it's this sort of indwelt by the Spirit, we know the right thing to do, yet sometimes we don't do it. Like when the trash is full and I put something in it and then I close it and I walk away and I don't take it out. And then my wife says, Hank, can you take the trash out? I'm like, I should have just taken it out earlier when I saw it and then sinned and walked away from it. Um, it's things like that. When you, you know that it's the right thing to do, yet you're, you just don't do it. Um, I think that we often feel this... Um, prompting from the Spirit, often subjectively knowing, you know, we're, we're walking our dog or we're waiting in line to get a prescription or we're at lunch with a family member and we kind of feel the Spirit saying, hey, you should, you should talk to them ab- about me. Y- you, you should share the gospel with them. And it's not this audible voice or anything, but you know, like, I'm, I'm not just walking my dog. The, the Lord has me here um, to speak to them. And then sometimes we keep walking, or we don't say anything. Um, that would be a sin of omission. Fifth point: Evangelism for the wrong reasons is also sinful. Um, I love if y'all could just take a moment, raise raise hands. Maybe what would be some sinful reasons for not evangelizing, or I'm sorry Evangelizing And the reason you evangelized Is sinful Flirt to, convert. Hmm? Flirt to convert Flirt to convert We called that missionary dating Back in college I think um, Yeah I think that, that, that That'd be not, not good And also a very dangerous situation For your soul To get in a relationship With someone who doesn't Know the Lord Flirt to convert Never heard that That's funny <laughs> <laughs> Anyone else? Mm-hmm. Uh, check off the checklist and okay. I'm yeah. Okay. Yeah, almost like a feeling of justification before the Lord, like, had, yeah, get this guilt to go away. Uh, doing so with the intent of being able to talk about how you did it with others later on, prideful, sort of. To share, to share with people. Yeah. I mean, even, so internship, we have a one of our Things that we have to do is we have to share the gospel ten times first semester. It's just one of the things that we do. So always in the back of my head, I'm like, you know, <laughs> just sinfully. Are my evangelism stories going to be better than others? It's just like, uh, yeah, Hank, no, you got to repent of that. <laughs> You'd just be looking for people to share the gospel with. Yeah, definitely. Anyone else? What you were saying about
1: your friend that you never... Judging?
0: Judging? How would, how do you see that?
1: Um, Saying that uh, because of something I don't like or I don't see in him. Counting them not worthy when God sees people differently.
0: Mm hmm Yeah, definitely.
1: I mean, he loves people.
0: Yeah, he does. He does. Anyone else?
2: Um, Types of messages. It was just very unloving.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Almost like a yeah, just a kind of type of tone. and Mm -hmm. Way of going about it. Yeah, a a message of judgment with no hope. Um, Yeah, we had that guy too at Florida State Um, all the time. But if you stood in the back, you could have really good conversations with people. About things he wasn't saying about about the gospel. Um, definitely, I think a lot just legalism, this feeling of like I I have to do this, or the Lord doesn't love me um, would not would not be good reason, right? We we want our our response to the grace of Jesus that we've seen to be joy in evangelism, to feel free and right to evangelize, to speak of what what we love so much, not under any sort of um, compulsion or sin ourselves, um, but I do wanna say for all of the very introspective types like myself, going forward, I don't want you to be thinking to yourself, am I about to speak to this person because I'm trying to justify myself before God, so maybe I shouldn't speak to them at all? Like that's, that's not the right response. I know that some of us can just be like, what's my motive, why am I doing this? That is not what the Lord wants, in fact, I mean, our nature is sinful, so much of what we do, even the good, is tainted with motives that weren't aren't quite for the Lord so don't don't look too deep. Um, look to Christ, right I mean in Philippians one fifteen through nineteen Paul talks about that situation where um, some preach Christ out of a sinful gain, they're hoping to get at Paul somehow, others out of joy and he's like. But if they're preaching the gospel, then all glory, all glory to Christ, if, if they're preaching the gospel. Um, and hopefully their, their motives will be changed. So on that point, I would say there, there are wrong reasons. Be aware and ask the Lord to reveal your heart about those things. But don't, don't go so deep that you just decide that you're not going to share because your motive might be bad. That's not, that is not what the Lord wants for us. He wants us to, to speak about him in our weakness. If he wanted it to be this perfect message from a perfect person, well, he would just do all the evangelizing, which technically he does. He's the one who saves, but he uses us as mouthpieces for him. And we're all broken and sinful, and we all have errors and difficulties. And so um, trust the Lord. In what you're doing. Don't let that weigh too hard on you. That point weighed really hard on me. So I just want to say that as well. Sixth point here, we must discern what sins tempt us not to evangelize. So would love here, we talked about this a little, a little bit last week when, when Dave was teaching. Does anyone want to give some examples of sins that tempt them not to evangelize? I'll start. Um, for me, I mean, even in the example, I think it was l- like a lack of love for the lost. Um, sort of a, a, a judgment that, I mean, C- Christ could have judged me, yet he showed me love. Um, and I should see that opportunity for, for everyone and not judge them for their sin because they don't yet know the Lord. So I think a lack of love is one reason for me sometimes. Also a fear of man, just
1: not knowing what the response would be. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Simple salon. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. And then you know, you're know, you going to be actually developing a relationship, getting to know this person. Mm-hmm. And too much
0: trouble. Yeah. Yeah. And then it might not even work anyway. Mm-hmm. Like, this would be a lot of effort. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Seeking confidence in the wrong thing. Mm. I, am I ready?
2: Am I prepared? Am I mean, all the answers, to all the mm-hmm.
0: questions as opposed to confidence in the gospel? Yeah, I'm falling victim to that idea that
2: we're—we often feel like we're supposed to argue or persuade someone to heaven, and that's—that's that's from the pit of hell. Yeah, because if that's, that's—that's it, you have no know, hope. So
0: just like leaning into the confidence of Christ to do it. Again. Yeah. Yeah, and it is funny. Like people that have just come to know the Lord and they're sharing the gospel like crazy, and then you're like, hey. That's not, qu- that's not quite right. And they're like, oh, yeah, I definitely see that in the Word. You know, but, but they're sharing the gospel and, because they've seen what Christ has done for them, they're just on fire for the Lord. We see that all the time. Um, definitely, like we're, we're not perfect, and we're always coming to more understanding of Christ um, and his gospel, and we, we don't want to let that fear of, am I not believing this all correctly? Do, what if I don't know the answer to their philosophical question? The Lord saves people, um, not us. So we're just faithful to share his message. Anyone else sins that tempt us not to evangelize?
3: I think there's like a blindness to sin. So um, I think there's a a real sense you can kind of go around and just, oh, these are like, these are just normal people. They're kind, they're nice, just like me. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think if you were to really open your eyes to see the severity of your own sin Um, and you would see the kind of the spiritual state of others, right? It's not just, oh, they're just kind of genuine, you know, respectable people living, Mm -hmm. but there are people on their way to to help because of their sins.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and just a eternal mindset of this life is a, it's a vapor. It's short. We've been saved. People can be saved. if. We'll share the, the gospel with them, definitely. Anyone else? I think for me sometimes I'm, i like my comfort zone. Like when I interact with neighbors or you know, people that don't know the Lord, like I kinda just wanna
1: keep things comfortable. I don't mean, maybe that's like doesn't feel pleasing or something, like mm-hmm. just I don't wanna like get awkward or have it be that's yeah. how I see them. You
0: know what? So I struggle with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's one definitely yeah i felt that and then especially with neighbors i found it leads to just continually putting it off and then you've like lived there for a couple years and like they don't even know that i'm a christian <laughs> you know and so we, we really i mean that really is a a real temptation of satan like i don't want to be strange to these people i want it to be like normal but we, we want we want to be clear with people, what we believe, hope we have in Christ. Um, yeah, definitely.
1: To build off that, it kind of goes back, at least for me, one of my issues is I don't like being made fun of or to look like a fool. Mm-hmm. But we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews, and foolishness to Gentiles. Mm-hmm. So yeah. am I going to be embarrassing myself for God? So that's <laughs> a lot to ask, right? But yeah. But
0: Yeah, it's also trusting Christ and know that you're not foolish at all. <laughs> the gospel you believe is true. The gospel we believe is true, right? It's foolish to, to those who don't see yet. So we have to be confident in our Lord and speak out of that, definitely. Anyone else? I think my biggest sin for me is just not meditating enough on, his, on the gospel, mm-hmm. what he's, yeah, how he saved me. And yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the points that Garrett had put here was prayerlessness, like often just lacking thought about the Lord, what He saved me from, um, who I am now in Him. I think a lot of that stirs us to evangelize, but when we're not thinking about that and we're kind of just in the day to day, can definitely leave us, leave us not, not speaking about Him. Awesome. Point seven. Believers are responsible to warn people of coming judgment. Believers are responsible to warn people of coming judgment. Um, We're going to be in Ezekiel 33 for a little bit, verses 2 through 6. So if you want to flip there, I'm going to be reading from there. Ezekiel 33, 2 through 6. It says this, Son of man, speak to your people and say to them, if I bring the sword upon a land and the people of the land take a man from among them and make him their watchman, and if he sees the sword coming upon the land and blows the trumpet and warns the people, then if anyone hears the sound of the trumpet and does not take warning, the sword comes and takes him away, his blood shall be upon his own head. He heard the sound of the trumpet And did not take warning. His blood shall be upon himself. But if he had taken warning, he would have saved his life. But if the watchman sees the sword coming and does not blow the trumpet so that the people are not warned and the sword comes and takes any one of them, that person is taken away in his iniquity, but his blood will require, I will require at the watchman's hand. So this is the Lord speaking to the uh to the prophet here. What is the job of the watchman? So we're thinking city um, with walls, right? We're talking about possible invading armies. What would a watchman's job be? We'll look out to prevent, uh, on mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, so if they're at a distance, right? Most cities were at that time set on hills um, just to be of more advantage. So they're able to see very far. So they have watchmen all over the city walls. And if they see danger coming in invading army come they're to blow a trumpet to sound to everyone. Hey, prepare for for battle, like pr- prepare yourself. These people are coming. Um, so that's their their responsibility. And if they blow the trumpet, as we see here in the text, and the people don't respond, well, the blood's on their head. I mean, it's like, hey, you know, like the Babylonians are coming. And they're like, no, it's like, okay, (laughs) well, they are. So um, and then you die, your blood is on your own head. But if the watchman doesn't warn anyone, the blood is on his hands is what the text is saying. So he would be guilty, and actually at the time, if he didn't warn of coming danger and people died because of that, they would be put to death. It really was their responsibility. So there are differences in this passage, but the parallel to evangelism for believers is clear. We believe in Christ. We understand that a judgment for sin is coming. Um, it will come soon. No one knows the time when it will come. We know that this is true because we've been warned. We've heeded that warning, repented, trusted in Jesus. And now we're, in many ways, like the watchmen, given the task to tell people hey, like this day of judgment is coming for our sin. Turn, repent, trust in Christ with us. There, there's, great, there's actually great joy. Like y- You don't have to be afraid. You can actually be free from all of these things. So we're to announce this bad news coming out of a natural expression of our love for God and love for people to see them freed like we have been freed ourselves. So the question kind of remains, what if the watchman remains silent? What if, what if we disobey that command? We, we don't Warn people. Does does the New Testament speak about this this idea that Ezekiel has it all? Um, so two texts on this in Acts, um, both are are Paul. So Acts eighteen six. When they opposed and reviled him, he shook out his garments and said to them, "Your blood be on your heads. I am innocent. From now on, I will go to the Gentiles." Acts 20, 26, Therefore I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all, for I do not shrink from declaring to you the whole counsel of God. There is nothing I have not shared with you about the Lord. Your blood is not on my hands. So we see this idea. It's almost as if Paul is seeing himself in a very similar way to how the Lord, Spoke to Ezekiel right I, I I'm no longer guilty I've, I've told you I'm I'm innocent of the judgment that's going to p- come upon you in fact you know and on that day the judgment will will be worse because you knew of it now Ezekiel and Paul they're they're different than us prophet and apostle they had a unique call and office and responsibility um, to specific people at a specific time but there's the differences in this is not so different with Christians that we shouldn't heed this call as well. Um, we as saints of God are to share this message. We're, we're to be a type of um, watchman. We're, we're to be that watchman for those around us. So who are we responsible to warn, right? If we're, if we're gonna be blowing this trumpet, who are the, are the people that we're responsible to? Because we're finite people we're not omnipresent or omniscient. We we can't zap ourselves around the world like we're local. We're in a place. So, who are we responsible to? Um, definitely close friends, family members. Right. This this first inner circle are children, um, roommates. If you're in school, people um, that you're really close to. I think that this group can often be the most difficult, like the family member group. Especially if you lived, like if you had a like, if you didn't come to Christ when you were a kid, like me, and you're older, and now your brothers are like, "Ah, oh, you're kind of a hypocrite." I'm like, "I've, ch- I've changed. I promise." <laughs> you know, it it can be hard um, in this circle, and so we just we live out the gospel. We speak about Jesus. We serve people. We forgive. Um, our family members, close friends—we admit when we're wrong. We ask for forgiveness. I think that's a wonderful testament, testament to, to what Christ has done for us, um, and just be be honest with people. I think in this, especially with people who are around all the time, like family members, we don't want to we don't want to be so gospel heavy that it becomes strange or they don't want to be around us like every time we're with them it's like turn or burn conversation but we want to be we want to be a light Um, the gospel can only be shared with our words that's how the lord's made it but you can represent christ in your actions so be sharing the gospel frequently with people um, that are in your life in that situation, um, but not so much that they don't even want to talk to you anymore. Right? We, have, we have a responsibility to be honest with them about the gospel and continue to be honest with them and live that out. Uh, but you don't, you don't want to be weird uh, around them. You just want to be faithful. Um, And so live it, speak it, speak about things that the Lord's doing in your life. Speak about trials that you're going through. I think that's very helpful um, with that very close family member group. Second, um, people that we have consistent interaction with. Coworkers, neighbors, friends, hobbies that you're into, um, that you run into people. Some of these people you might actually spend more time with than your family members, like coworkers. I mean, a lot of us. Work all day, and so we're we're around people um, all the time that aren't believers. Um, and so the the thought there is be intentional. I understand that, especially with work, um, your your job is your job, and so you you don't want to be neglecting your job to just be sharing the gospel with people all day long. Um, I think that would actually be sinful of you. You need to be doing what your employer has you employed to do. But in that, seek opportunities to. Share with people. Hey, what did you do this weekend? Oh, I went to church. There was a sermon on 2 Corinthians. I learned this. Just like short little things. Um, something in, in my past job that was helpful. We had a, a number of people on our sales team that were just going through suffering. And so I would just write people letters um, telling them, you know, I'm praying for your grandchild that's going through this. Praying for different things going on in your life. Um, and, and writing the gospel out um, And see salvation fruit from it, but definitely a lot of good conversations came from that. We're also remote working, so if you're like, I work remote, I don't know how to talk to people. Letters are a great way um, to reach people and show people that you care and you're thinking about them in suffering. A lot of people feel feel very alone um, in that place. Third, what about causal meetings? Here, a lot of people like to call them divine appointments. You sit down at a restaurant, there's a waiter, you're on the metro, you're in line somewhere, you're walking your dog. Somebody in here last week talked about walking their dog and being able to pray with that woman. Um, you have somebody coming over to your house for plumbing. Right, the Lord gives us these opportunities all the time that are really divine appointments from him to speak to people, um, to ask them intrusive and difficult questions about what they think happens when we die. Or do you go to church? That's a great one. I often ask that. Virginia is still kind of enough in the South where you can ask people if they go to church and their parents likely went, and they probably went when they were a kid. Um, In the South, in Florida and everywhere, yeah, they all go to church. That's a different difficulty. Um, But those are great ways. Those are the situations often where I find myself feeling the prompting of the Lord, and sometimes not saying anything. And I think those those are the ones that we should be praying and asking the Lord to give us strength to feel strange and weird and still talk about him. And then fourth, other countries. Um, I mean, the, the uh, Great Commission, that's the word I'm looking for. Jesus says to make disciples of all nations. So as Christians, we do have a responsibility to reach the world with his good news. Um, and so what are some some ways that Christians could be involved in the gospel to the world. Anyone? Short-term mission trips. Short-term mission trips. That's great. Give financially. Give financially. Yeah. Yeah, right. You, you're you here. You're not there. But there are people there that you can support. Definitely. Um, praying It's praying huge. Making international connections through work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really good opportunity. People that intend to move back home especially and to reach them with the gospel.
1: University campuses, similar.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really good. A lot of great opportunity, especially in this area for that. Or maybe you've been prompted for a while to go and you know you should go. And you're like, oh Lord, I don't know if I want to leave America and go. But you should pray about that and consider it because the main way that we reach the nations is going to them. So if the Lord's put that on your heart, that's not something you should be afraid of, it's something you should talk to Jason Seville about. <laughs> 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 and and begin begin praying about more. Our our last point, abiding in Jesus empowers us to evangelize. So going back to my original story with my freshman roommate AJ, was I in sin? I I really, I really, I know I was. Um, I ne- completely neglected my responsibility to share the gospel with him. So much so that I, I texted him on Friday because um, I saw his phone number. And I shared the gospel with him and I told him, hey, I was, I was unkind to you. Uh, I, I know that you, you knew I was a Christian and I never said anything. I, didn't even, I said to him, I didn't even attempt to be your friend and I'm sorry. And he just responded and said, hey, I'd love to talk sometime. Thank you for the kind message. Um, I think if you, have, if you have the opportunity and you know you've missed opportunities and you can go back and you can say, hey, I'm sorry. I know that this might sound strange to you, but like there's something I have to share with you and I've known it for a while. I think that you should take that opportunity. The Lord placed that very heavily upon my heart this week um, as I was, was thinking about that. So you can pray for AJ. Um, maybe I'll be able to, to talk to him soon. Um, but we don't, we don't want this to paralyze us, right? We, we don't want this to place a burden on us that's so much that we're like, we don't even know if we should evangelize anymore. We, we don't want to walk around scared. We, we want to walk around happy in Christ. We, we want to abide in Jesus and, and go forward and show people what it's like to be under the, the king of the world. I'm not trying to Guilt you into a new law, right? Go and do, and you'll live. Go and evangelize, and you'll be justified before the Lord. That's not the gospel. But look to Christ. Be, be compelled by what he's done for you, what we're going to hear this morning, what we've seen in his word. Be, be compelled by him to share. Right? We, we all do forms of evangelism. If I have a movie that I love or a food place, like we, Emma and I went to this place called Bund Up in Pentagon City, it's like Korean place with buns and like their fried chicken's incredible. Right? I just evangelize some fried chicken to you. that you're like, I might go get that, which you should. Um, it's very good. We evangelize about all sorts of stuff. I'm a Florida State football fan and I will evangelize all day that we should have been in the college football playoff. And you're like no you're wrong right we we all evangelize about things why, why would we not speak about the glories of christ i mean he saved us from so much sin we we should speak about him so i ask her, are, are you abiding in jesus are you allowing him daily morning and evening to stir your affections for him to give you strength for the task at hand it, it's not always an easy one and there's often difficulties that we have going into it Are you praying for opportunities? Um, Do you desire to share with others? Um, Just a lot of questions that, that we should think about ourselves. So you might still be thinking to yourself and asking yourself, am I going to be held accountable, right? This teaching is the sin of not evangelizing. We looked at those texts in Ezekiel. Am I going to be held accountable for their blood, for their judgment? The answer is no. 2 Corinthians 5.19 says, In Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting men's sins against them. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Jesus came so the blood that's on our hands, in so many ways, can be washed clean. So it can be wiped off. Right? If you've missed opportunities that you know you should have shared, the answer is yes, it, it was sinful. We should speak about the Lord, and we should be honest with ourselves about that. But we don't want to put a burden on ourselves that Jesus doesn't put on us. He's come to wash away sin. He's come to make us more confident in Him. He's, he's come to wash our sins away, make them white as snow. I was reminded of that this whole week, white as snow. I mean, snow, it covers everything, and it just makes it so beautiful. Right? That's, that's how Christ makes us. So we, we wanna be more aware of this grace of God, not place a burden on ourselves that we can't overcome, that Christ doesn't intend, and then speak and use our oppor- opportunities, have confidence in Christ, be willing to fail. Um, yeah, I will end with that. I'd love to hear, we have often been ending, we have six, wait, that clock's wrong. We've got 10 minutes. Um, just hearing opportunities uh, that that anyone's had to share the gospel this week, um, or any thoughts from this or questions you might have. um, I don't have the answer to everything, but I can try.
2: Yeah, thank you for running us through this uh, sort of thing. Just sort of an encouragement about the guilt part of this. Um, I think we all can I mean, Christ already died for that sin yeah. um, if you repented and belief, right? So you kind of address in that. But then also don't fall victim to this idea that ah, that was the only way that God was going to reach into that person's life. Mm-hmm. Um, right? So that with well, many, you know, many people that praise him. So a good way to sort of turn that around about how to pray for that, pray for an opportunity to run into that person mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The opportunity to the text, a brave text, a courageous text in the Word of Christ, see what He says. Yeah. Um, or pray specifically that that person would have someone or some other believer would run into them on the street you know walking the dog on the metro whatever, whatever. And pray for opportunities and for feel that kind of burden about that's also mm-hmm. how we can sort of very similar to that so um, you know there may be circumstances where you pass by something and it didn't happen or it didn't push in enough here you know the Lord's still going to use that because our job, of course, is to sow, mm-hmm. not necessarily to reap, and we have no idea how the Lord's going to use that conversation. And maybe uh, that brother said you know, that, that, that that man or woman may need multiple sort of penetrations of bearings. Many of us needed multiple bearings, yeah. sort of and so you know, it wasn't like this. This is a transaction. Don't think about evangelism as a transaction. Right? The only transaction that matters is what Christ did on the cross, coming mm-hmm. with the grave. Yeah. That transaction's done. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so just about how to kind of about how to lean into that about okay what do i do now yeah go back time doesn't vary things you're not omnipresent. present yeah but the, but the lord can use those things and they use that in your heart to make you more agile and attentive to those things so yeah. um again not to take that feeling away but
0: mm-hmm. don't don't wallow in that yeah the lord's sovereign and yeah. and he's he's going to save his people he just because you miss an opportunity the lord he, he everything's in his hands you, we can we can trust him.
3: Yeah, um, I work for a college ministry, and uh, one of the things that we really, I, yeah, we really try to do is to pierce the darkest corners of campus. And so one of you know one of the darkest places is our freshman dorms. You know they're just um, so we've been going to this one freshman dorm floor uh, with a common room. Uh, they're like all super tight in there. Uh, and this past Thursday was probably like the ninth or 10th time we've been, so late at night, you know, 8, 9 p.m., sometimes until midnight, sometimes past midnight, we'll stay, we'll bake cookies, Uh, you know, sometimes they're like the students are heading out to go party, sometimes they're coming back from a party, Uh, so, you know, all kinds of stuff, I mean, you hear all kinds of stuff, it's like uh, stuff that you would never hear in a church, Uh, um, I mean, I mean, actually, we want we want to be a church where you can actually hear that stuff and, you know, and lead people to Jesus' name. Yeah. But, um, yeah, and I, I think, like, all of those, I was just reflecting on this last week, um, all of those, like, nine times, it's not like every time I, like, was able to share the gospel, like, with everyone. Um, uh, we have this kind of principle in ministry, in college ministry, where... You can't go around trying to shove tree trunks down people's throats. Like, it's, it's just too much sometimes. Sometimes mm-hmm. our job is to sow seeds, like what Eric was saying. Um, so we've just been sowing seeds, you know, at, you, know, you know. And they're just curious now. Like, you know, why are, why are these Christians just coming around, like co- constantly feeding us cookies? They're not cussing, you know. They're, <laughs> and they, you know, they just like... But they're not weird too, right? Yeah. It's not like they condone. Uh, unrighteousness, but they also are hanging out with us, you know and um and this past week uh we had like a very extensive like they just asked uh, about all kinds of stuff like evolution, the existence of God, morality, uh um, the problem of evil, right all these th- different things, and we were able to share the gospel multiple times in one night awesome. uh, and you know like. You know, it's not that we were just waiting to it's not like we were just waiting for them to ask i think that's a that's like a pitfall right mm-hmm. like, if you wait for them to ask they'll never ask right so you gotta you gotta find you know ways in the conversation to lead to the gospel but mm-hmm. um yeah i just thought it was I, I was so encouraged this week like sometimes it just takes you know we've been doing this for months um just going in persistent relationships um, no always trying to find open doors. And if there is one, just like, you know, bust them through. Put the tree
0: trunk through. Yeah. Through that. <laughs> yeah.
1: Sometimes they really need the trunk.
3: Yeah. The
0: trunk. Yep. Awesome.
1: I think the selected curriculum servant sermon last week was pretty helpful. He was talking about apologetics, but apologetics and evangelism are so closely linked. It's hard to really separate the two. Mm-hmm. Part of it is like, you don't always do the bone rush charge. You don't always take a battering ram to them. Tunnels underneath to undermine their walls. Mm-hmm. And whether the Lord gives success to that or not, that's for Him to decide. But yeah. you do seek out whatever ways you can, like that, or the other farming analogy that was given by Christ. You know, who has the most faith? The farmer who prays but doesn't prepare the field, or the farmer who prays and goes out and prepares the field. Yeah. So preparing the field could be chopping up the ground, making it all nice and ready. Mm-hmm.
2: One of the points I enjoyed. Appreciated was the evangelism is assumed, mm-hmm. and there's sort of that kind of brings kind of like a natural element to that uh, towards a, kind of like in a sanctification type of way, like a, uh, an outpouring to where I feel like that's something that I need to minister to myself like, like oh like if I kind of see evangelism that's just like a, a branch of like oh that's something. That other people might do, or like that's a kind of a gift that others might have, or mm-hmm. that I need to grow in. It's like, it's like, or just like seeing it as sort of a. It's not something to be a, necessarily fearful of. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's a natural. Um, it's not like a. Am I seasoning too hard, too, too much, or? <laughs> yeah. It's like a no. It's it, when, when you're kind of in normal flow, you'll, you'll just you'll just yeah.
0: know. And it's a spiritual discipline too. Um. I feel like maybe if you feel like something's lacking in your walk and you're not sharing the gospel with people, start sharing the gospel, and you'll you will notice your eye, like your eyes just kind of change. You, you see people differently. You see who you you see who you used to be in people, and it really causes you to to be like, oh my gosh, like I, I need to share the gospel more. Also, I'm noticing myself like just the love of Christ welling up more when I'm talking about him, um, it just always gives me so much confidence and hope in Christ. So if you feel like something's maybe lacking in your walk and you haven't been sharing the gospel, um, try take what opportunities you can. I mean, even if it's, you know, with your children or, or people, people that you're close to, even, even if it's with someone that knows the Lord, like this isn't evangelism, but let's say your, your spouse, share the gospel, repeat it out, out loud, get yourself talking about it so you can feel confident to talk to others too. I think it's wonderful spiritual discipline, reminds us of the Lord. Anyone else have any good opportunities? I'll
1: just, um, I will just appreciate prayer for uh, so one uh, good friend, we've had a lot of gospel conversations with not a believer, um, like you know, conversations over the last year and a half, and she was just messaging us this week. Like, oh, I actually just started watching the Chosen, and then that got her like. Now I just started reading the New Testament for the first time because it actually got me curious. So, like, oh, you know, so uh, actually, first she's like, I just started watching the Chosen. I'm like, oh, that's that's great. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, have you ever read the New Testament? She's like, actually, I just started. Like, yeah. Well, you
0: know, praise the Lord.
1: Want to talk about that? So we're going to be getting together.
0: Is she look? Yeah, is she around here? Okay. So we're awesome. Be, uh, What's her name? Ariel. Ariel. All right. Yep. I'll yep. be praying for her. Really yeah. Well, we're out of time. Eric, would you mind praying for us? Sure.